Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today they show you Felix Vandermella. He's the co-founder of Calibra. This is Technotopia. How do you market to your customers? When it comes to marketing your business, it's all about reaching the right audience at the right time and connecting with them when your message will resonate the most. You want to target your customers where they hang out and where they are ready to make decisions? LinkedIn can help you. We all know that LinkedIn is the world's largest professional network. And when you advertise on LinkedIn, you have the opportunity to build long-term relationships with your customers. In fact, four out of five customers who are on LinkedIn are decision makers at their companies. So you're building relationships that really matter. Relationships that often translate into high-quality leads, website traffic, and higher brand awareness. What's the first step? Talking to the right audience. LinkedIn has the marketing tools to help you target customers with precision. LinkedIn can find them by their job title, company name, and industry. The bottom line? Targeting better on LinkedIn helps your customers find you. To redeem a free $100 LinkedIn ad credit and launch your first campaign, go to linkedin.com techno. That's linkedin.com techno for your free $100 ad credit. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today, the show is Felix Vandemala. He's co-founder and CEO of Calibra. Uh, it's a data company. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, Calibra, Felix? Thanks for joining us. Sure. Thanks for having me, John. Um, so with Calibra, we basically help typically large companies better find, understand, and trust data. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. So, what does that mean? Let's let's. I I, I don't usually like to go too deep into uh, into business plans here because we're not we're not uh, we're not a a, a pitch a pitch co- uh, uh, sure. podcast. But I guess I want to I want to talk about what you guys do with data. Sure. So, what we've seen over the last couple of years is that just the the volume and complexity of data has exploded. On the one hand, and the other side, uh, just the amount of people involved in in data consuming data, producing data, which I think we all kind of see every day, has exploded as well. And so the result that we see, there's a lot of, and you see that impacting around things like privacy and protection, which is clearly a big topic. We also see that impacting companies where they they know they have a lot of data, but they don't know uh, where it is or how to find it or how they can actually use it to actually drive real value. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're typically helping companies to do. Okay, so let's talk about the the rise of data. So we have a GDPR in, the EU, we have no data privacy in America, quite clearly. Uh, where, what's the what's the happy medium? Where do we end up uh, once we once we get once we get through with all of these um, all these rulings? Yeah, and and I think it remains to be seen. But I think the way we think about it is that clearly, for a lot of companies, uh, data is becoming really really important as part of their business model. I think about Facebook, LinkedIn, and so many others. But I think it's it's much more pervasive. We're going to the whole digital transformation, and so. I think even more than just purely from a regulatory perspective, like GDPR in Europe, to your mm-hmm. point, it's almost going to become uh, more important from a branding perspective. Because I think we're moving to a world where trust becomes really critical in everything that we do. Think about AI, fake news, all of that. It's, it's all about trust. And, and so trust in that is going to become really important. And trust of consumers that they put on these companies is going to become really important. Otherwise, those companies won't be able to actually get that personal data, which is so important for their for their business models. Mm-hmm. So I think GDPR is going to accelerate some of that, but I think it's it's actually a, a bigger discussion about trust and and actually the brand value that that some of these companies have and the impact of these data breaches um, on share price, which you see 
in many examples of. So, I mean, it's it seems that like what you're saying is that the companies are going to have to gain our trust. Historically, these companies haven't had to haven't had to do very much to to get our data. How is that changing? How yep. is it is it getting harder for them to get our data? I mean, these guys we've seen we've seen breaches of of millions of uh, millions of records from all kinds of people that we were supposed to essentially trust. Uh, Absolutely. Is it getting easier? Is it getting harder for them to access our data, or how is that changing? So it's definitely going to get harder, right? And that's I think what the GDPR is going to do, mostly initially for EU data subjects. Mm -hmm. uh, so mostly focused on Europe, but I think that's going to spread. I think you'll see other con countries kind of adopting similar things, uh, probably not in the exact kind of same way. But so that's going to kind of become a lot, make, make it really become harder for companies to, to do that. But really, I think they'll have to explain and be much more thoughtful about how they're doing that and why they're doing that and the way they're doing that. I think they're, they're still being able to do that, but I just, I think they'll need to be much more thoughtful and kind of organize uh, themselves in a way that there's a lot more transparency. Uh, and I think ultimately that, that's what drives uh, drive some of the trust. And so I think this is a kind of a sector that's completely kind of changing as we go along. I think it's going to be interesting to see how much consumers actually care when I talk to people in Europe versus America. I, I see very different perspectives. Even everywhere, some people really care about privacy and protection. Some people say, well, that ship has sailed, right? There is no privacy anymore. And, I, and, and that's kind of the world where I live in. So I think it, it's going to be really interesting to see how it's going to evolve and, and, and how much companies are actually going to um, be able to continue to use that data in, in the same way. How do you get uh, this sort of trust to come back? How do you, how do you get people to trust uh, data collectors? So I think it's about, I mean, you, you, you set the right example and you, 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 um, you do what you say you're going to do, right? Creating that transparency is going to be really, really important, I think. Uh, just being really clear, really re being really transparent about what you're doing with the data, why you're asking for that data, and what's in it for the consumers. I think ultimately that's, that's going to be critical. Like, why, do you, why is it a good thing that some of these companies have a lot of our data? Because maybe they can provide services that otherwise we wouldn't be able to have. Mm -hmm. and so. Telling that story, why, I think is going to be really important. And then just being very kind of transparent about, okay, we take this protection really seriously. This is what we're doing about it. Um, this is how we're treating it. If you want your data, here, here you can have it. So I think it's about kind of explaining why um, it is and then being really, really transparent about how companies treat that data so there's no surprises. I think that's when I think the trust fails when there's suddenly a surprise. And that surprise could be, well, I didn't know you were doing that with my data. Or it could be, well, you got a data breach, and now I was trusting you with my data, and now other people have it that, that I don't want to have. But isn't it, um, isn't it our responsibility to maintain that data? What kind of tools could we use to maintain that data in the future? Because, I mean, we're going to have we're gonna have stuff floating around everywhere. Like, quite literally, I'm sure that my name and address is in every single server in San Francisco. Uh, yep. How do we take back control of that? Is, are there any tools that you've seen that may be, be useful, uh, open source or otherwise? I haven't seen much. I think it's going to be hard to kind of really control that yourself. I think ultimately it's the type of services that you, that you use. And, and so I think that's where kind of tran that transparency is important because if you don't know what that service is going to do with your data, if you know, then you can make the decision, do I want that or not? And then it's on to you to kind of make that decision and do the pros kind of um, compare to the to the benefits against the kind of the, the drawbacks. Mm -hmm. And then you make that decision. And but now I think the issue is because there's not that much transparency, 
what can you really do? You have no idea how people are going to use that data. And so it's really hard for you to make that decision. Am I going to do that or not? So that's, I think that's where that transparency comes in. Real tools from a, a, a kind of an individual perspective, I really haven't seen yet, uh, but it definitely might be interesting. Is there any, is there any uh, space for the blockchain on this? Can we, can we essentially identify our data uh, uh, canonically? I guess, I guess you could ask. Yeah, so if you think about blockchain and what it really provides is that kind of distributed ledger, right? So I think it clearly fits into the whole um, notion around trust and trust and how is that data flowing through different uh, systems and processes and organizations. And so in theory, the blockchain is ideally kind of suited for that. And we see some research kind of prototyping going on and we're working with some customers doing the same thing. Uh, but I think it's really, really early. I think so we'll have to see how that evolves. But there's, a, there's clearly, I think, an opportunity to think about how kind of blockchain technologies could help us uh, better track uh, our, our, our data and how it kind of, who has access to it and, and how it kind of flows through different uh, organizations. Okay, fascinating. What does, uh, what does data look like in 20 years? What does your day look like uh, as, you're, as you're dealing with this stuff? Um, it's, I think it's hard to imagine. I mean, it's, I think especially around... AI, right? I think there's so so much things happening so quickly, and I, I believe AI is going to have a, in 20 years like a huge, pervasive, massive impact on our on our lives, right? Are we going to get a loan? Is going to depend on AI. Are we going to get a job? Is going to depend on AI. Are we when we're sick? What kind of treatment that we'll get is, is probably going to depend on AI. And what we're seeing today is that often it's really hard uh, to really understand why an AI algorithm has come up with a certain decision or, or, or conclusion. And so again, I think data plays a huge role in that. And some interesting things that you're seeing is that uh, how, how do you kind of rely on that data? Is there, um, if that data is incorrect, like how ethical is it for that AI algorithm to actually use that data? So how can we kind of govern, if you, if you will, that? So I think that is, is, is providing a, a massive shift in, um, in the way we will do things. So it's going to have a massive impact on kind of how we live our lives. What's an example of some of the worst uh, data management that you've seen? What's, what's, uh, what's particularly frustrating you? I think it's, it's still very much the basics. I think you would be really surprised on how, I mean, our large organizations are inherently really complex and, they're, and very often their data landscape is a mess. They don't know what data they have where. They, they wouldn't even know where they, they store themselves, uh, personal information. So just being able to kind of make that register, like at least they know where to have what data and then, and then you can start really managing it well. But I think it's still the basics. And, and the thing, I think that's the interesting thing about GDPR. It's not just about kind of getting compliant from a legal perspective, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's kind of that, that driver to kind of put your infrastructure in place to do that well. And I think that's where some of the internet companies are, have an advantage because that's kind of the world they were born into. Um, but it's going to force every company to kind of do the basics and, and they'll need to do that anyway to then leverage things like AI and machine learning, data science, things like that. So we're just building the, these are the building blocks for a future yep. uh, of AI controlled data. Correct. Interesting. Correct. All right, that's very cool. So, what's the? Uh, are you expecting? Are you expecting space cars? Are you expecting anything else to be uh, to be done in the in the next twenty years? I like to I like to ask people uh, pie in the sky questions so they can <laughs> give me some cool answers. Yeah. Wow. It's it's a good question. I think we always um, overestimate what we can do in three years and then underestimate what's going to happen in ten or even twenty years. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously, driverless cars is a huge impact, but I think that's that's step one. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's interesting to think about our role, right? Um, we say software is eating the world. You could argue data is eating the world. 
um, what is our role going to be? What are we going to do? How are our, our jobs going to change? Like, I think there's potentially massive impact on just society and how are we going to manage that? I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Okay, very cool. Where can people find out more about what you're working on? Yeah, you can go to our website, uh, colibra.com. Um, it's probably the best way to kind of get to know what we do and how we could potentially help. All right, sounds good. We'll have, a, we'll have flying cars powered by data, right? Love it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Felix, for joining us. This is, a, this is an interesting uh, deep dive into, uh, into a topic that not a lot of us think about. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been an episode of Technotopia. I'm John Biggs. We will see you next week. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York, that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com Technotopia is presented by your host, John Biggs. It was produced by Rick Barr of Bar26 Entertainment at ricksvoice.com. It appears every Friday at noon, and we're always looking to talk to interesting people. Tweet at John Biggs if you'd like to join us on the show.